All right, it's Tuesday night. It's another episode of the PNC Production Wrestling Podcast. This is a results show for AEW Revolution. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, this pay per view. Yeah, uh, not too good, Ben. Not too good at all. Um, you know, there's an old saying. Um, you know, you only remember. Uh, the last match or like the ending, right? Yep. So, okay, say what you want about the actual match, but the ending, oh my God. That was literally the most anticlimactic ending to a professional wrestling match I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, um. You know, but but the thing is this, right? So, you know how every time they hit the barbed wire in the match, there'd be an explosion and, and smoke? Yeah. Okay, well, those those explosions were more impressive than, um, than the explosion at the end. I, I wouldn't even call that an explosion. It looked like Gilbert's entrance. <laughs> All right, so obviously we get into this uh, abysmal show. Yeah. All right, now I don't know. Did you watch the buy-in? Because I know you don't watch any. Uh, uh, no, or... I, no, I didn't. All right, so we had uh, Britt Baker and Maki Ito defeating Riho and Thunder Rosa. And then the oh pay- my God. then the pay-per-view opens with the uh, AEW Tag Team Championship, the Young Bucks. Defeating Chris Jericho and MJF. And I actually, I actually like this match though. Yes, it was match of the night for me. And apparently, um, Wednesday that we're gonna have an inner circle war council or whatever. Oh god, <laughs> that's funny. Then, did you want? Did you want to have anything to say about this match or? Uh, just a, just a little bit, if I could. So. Easily, the first match of the night was the best match. Um, you know, of, I'm talking about of the main card. Uh, you know, and and that's kind of like hard for me to say because, um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Young Bucks, and like, you know, as the first few minutes of the match were happening, I'm like. Oh my God! This is not gonna go very well at all, because the match started out really bad. Um, but the further and further they got into it, I'm like, okay, well now we're now we're starting to pick shit up. Um, you know, I and the thing is. You know, and maybe I'm maybe I'm nitpicking just a little bit, but I didn't. I don't like the fact that young the young bucks use the BTE trigger as their finishers. If if I mean, I know that they're still associated with Kenny Omega, but aren't they supposed to be faces? Yeah, and they're using a heel finishing maneuver, so that's kind of weird. Um. But, you know, MJF just continues to be my favorite part of all of this because he's, like, the best asshole in all of wrestling. You like MJF? Why? Not not his in-ring, but you like his uh, backstage and whatever stuff? Yeah, I mean, I I just, I think his character work is fantastic. Oh, okay. I'm sensing that you disagree. I've never. I'm not a fan of uh, MGF only be, but only because I've seen him outside of MLW. So, is why. You mean outside of AEW? I mean, sorry, MLW. Sorry, I mean outside. Yeah, sorry, outside of AEW, I've I've seen him like in MLW. So, like uh, the character he was uh, portraying there, um, he's doing here. Oh, um. Yeah, like he had one match that I really liked, and that was uh, this one wrestler who was uh, kind of like a Stone Cold type guy. His name was Mance Warner. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yes, I have. 
Oh, wait, Mance Warner. Uh, he had the last man standing match with the MJF before MJF left for AEW. Oh, I'll have to go back to take a look. Uh, if I find it on YouTube, I can uh, send you that link. <sighs> yeah, it's his character based off Mance Raider from uh, Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. what the fuck is that? What? No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, my heart hurts. <laughs> Just, oh my God. What? My heart, my heart has had a harpoon sense. What? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, what do you think Game of Thrones uh, debut? Um, let's see. Uh, let me look that up just so I don't get it wrong. But I'm, I'm what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you? This is this is inexcusable. Why? Why is it inexcusable? It's like not having seen any of the Harry Potter movies. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, I've seen Harry Potter 1 to 4. What? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my good God. Okay, it, um, it debuted in 2011 on HBO. Okay, see, I have a good excuse because 2011 was a terrible year because my dad was sick and I got sick too. Okay, well then that excuses season one, but not the rest of but it. what the fuck? Well, you, in 2014, you, I had my liver transplant, so I was spent the time that time recovering. And well, I wasn't then, exactly thinking about Game of Thrones. Well, then that's a perfect time to sit there in the hospital bed and binge this shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay. See, now I have a question because you're not you're not familiar with Game of Thrones. No, I know Game of Thrones. I should never see it, I said. I know what it is. This is bullshit. Okay, so, okay, so you're not familiar with Game of Thrones, just like I said, because you haven't seen it. You've only seen one through four of Harry Potter. Oh, God, please, for the sweet love of God, tell me that you ha- you've seen something in, in, in modern uh, c- cinematic history. Uh, I've seen what, Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> well, thank the, thank the Lord for small blessings, I suppose. Oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen. I watched Riverdale. What the fuck is Riverdale? Are you serious? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Riverdale is cool. What the hell? <laughs> it's not as cool as, as Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. All right. I assure you. Okay. All right, so before we go too far off the rails and I have a heart attack, thanks to my (laughs) co-host's lack of movie knowledge and classic show knowledge, Jesus Christ, (laughs) then then you're giving an aneurysm before 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. Well, we actually, Uh, we we didn't get Game of Thrones was on what channel? Because HBO. We don't get HBO. It's called, well, I didn't get it either, but it's called Purchasing the DVDs, you dumb fuck. All right, fine. <laughs> what? what the hell? All right, c- continue. Okay, so uh, we had um, the Casino Battle Royal, which was won by Park and Ray Phoenix. We had in this, we had the Dark Order. Three, uh, sorry, three different combinations of the Dark Order, okay? Look, That's why I just said the Dark Order. I, I'm not going to go through every member. Look, 
See, this is stupid. All right, because this is the first time I I believe this is the first time they've done a tag team iteration of the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah, I liked it. I and and the, the only part that was compelling was the, was the last part with um with uh, Ray Phoenix um uh Pac, Pac and um, Jungle Boy. Like, you know, but previous to the final three, like, who gives a shit? And when when three of the tag teams that are in this match, I believe there was a total of 11 tag teams, um, and when three of those tag teams are the same stable, um, I no longer give a, give a fuck. You know, and um, yeah, this was this was a miss for me. I mean, I don't like battle royals anyway, outside of the Royal Rumble. So it was already set up to fail, but especially with you know the way it was executed up until the end. So the teams in this were the Dark Order, the Gun Club, Bear Country, Varsity Blondes, Butcher and the Blade, Cesar Bononi, and Peter Avalon. SCU, The Natural Nightmares, and uh, Private Party and Jurassic Express, and Matt and Mike Seidel, which I don't like, and Private Powerful. I don't like Mike Seidel. I don't see anything with this guy. No, and like, it was very weird that, that um, the Seidel brothers were in it. It was very weird that uh, Bononi and um, Avalon were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I uh, I was not a fan at all. And like I said, you know, I I kind of I really did like the ending, but that was it. Okay, and uh, next for the women's championship, Hikaru Shida defeating Ryu Mizunami to retain the championship in the finals of the Eliminator tournament. This. Is it just me, or was this match, like, the match that never ended, for fuck's sake? It was a long match, but I, I, they gave it 15 minutes and 6 seconds. Uh, there were some good and some not good. It was, at times, it felt like it was dragging, and then it would pick up, and then it was dragging. Exactly. I mean, I, I honestly... Um, I honestly was having a hard time getting into it, but then even when the match was over, you know, the first person you see is Nyla Rose, you know, attacking both competitors, and then here comes, uh, you know, Britt Baker to pick up the straps, and then Thunder Rosa makes the save uh, for um, for uh, Sheeta and... Um, Mitsunami. Yeah, so it's just kind of... It was all kind of kind of looted, I guess. And I, the women's division in AEW just straight up sucks. I'm sorry. It does. I like Sheeta, but, you know, her. it's her, um, Serena Deeb, and um, Thunder Rosa. They're the only three that I like. Hey, Ty Conti and well, well, um, uh, okay, five, and then red velvet, um, and then Chris Satlander. Red honestly, velvet. Honestly, I haven't seen enough of red velvet to render an opinion. So I'm. I'm well, I like it because I've seen it on dark. So okay. Well, yeah, I don't watch me. dark. So anyway, um, but no, no, I I have nothing against red velvet. Yeah. I just haven't seen enough of her to render an opinion. Okay. All right, next match. Okay, just stop. Kip Sabian and Miro defeating Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. This match was stupid. This match was asinine to the nth degree. Why is Miro taking so much offense from Orange Cassidy? And did you, Miro, yelling and getting in Taylor's face saying, you can make this all end. He could have strapped the rocket to him. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 this match was an extended bathroom break. Yup. 
Okay, up next we had the money match. Adam Page defeating Matt Hardy. I, I thought this was a solid match. It was not, this one wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I I liked it. I I also liked the ladder match that was up next. I was very I was very surprised that um, Pentagon didn't win, but having said that, I was very pleasantly surprised that Scorpio Sky got the win. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not well, surprised by the mystery uh, the sixth uh, guy. No, be, no, because I had heard that it was going to be Ethan Page to begin with. Why do you spoil things for yourself? No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't spoilers. I had just heard that that's oh. what it was going to be. Oh, okay. No, because I hate spoilers. I'm like so I. deathly allergic to them. I think they ruin a lot about pro wrestling. And we always talk about one other thing after we go through all these matches. We only have two more here. That up next was the street fight. Darby Allen Sting defeating Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. I, I liked it. Obviously, they had to make it cinematic to cover up for Sting's shortcomings, you know, because he's 61. You know, I don't have anything bad to say about Sting, but that's the reason why they had to do it that way. Yeah. But that, I mean, that was a really cool setup, especially what it allowed Darby Allen to do. Um, you know, there was one spot um, where he climbed up the wall to do the uh, coffin drop. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And then the spot where he did another one, like into the into the abyss over the balcony, that one was really cool as well. Um you know, so overall, I uh, I think that this was a that this was a good um, good showing. Would I put it? Would I put it among the top echelon of um, of uh, cinematic matches that we've seen in the pandemic era? Uh, yes, I actually would because um, the only one that I thought was better. Um, what obviously was Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Yeah. And that brings um, us... I'm oh, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I was good. Go ahead. I, I, uh, that brings us from an event. Exploding ring barbed wire match. That barbed wire death match. Kenny Omega defeating John Moxie this match is terrible. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was kind of, like, I can appreciate it, um, for, um, for what it is, and, you know, it's obviously something that's very different from what WWE does, so I appreciate, um, it from that perspective, and obviously, uh, Moxley loves this kind of shit. Um, so I'm glad that he um, that he has been able to wrestle kind of like the way he wants, and I I do think it fits the psychology of these two guys. Um, so I, I think it adds a layer of uh, storytelling to the thing. So while I'm while I'm not the biggest fan of death matches and like that because it reminds me of like combat zone wrestling and I was never a fan of combat zone wrestling um you know but having said that you know it kind of fit for these two guys um it doesn't strike me as something that uh AEW is going to do frequently um especially after the um very anticlimactic ending that they had I mean hold on um I, I, it was kind of cool, like we having that clog counting down, and it was cool when uh, Eddie Kingston came out. But then, what happened after that? It was like, that's it. Yeah. Well, and, and okay. So the the thing is this, right? So I can I can accept the fact that okay, 
Maybe it was a botch, or maybe something didn't go right. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. What I find a little bit weird is, you know, instead of instead of coming out and and saying that it was a it was a mistake or a malfunction, you know, uh, Tony Khan was like, "Well, what did you expect? The ring to blow up?" Um, well, yeah, actually, kind of because it's an exploding ring, barbed wire well, mat. Well, 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 there's, well, there's that, but even even previously. Uh, in the match, every time somebody would hit the barbed wire ropes, there would be an explosion. So, yes, toward the end, especially when uh, Eddie Kingston went to cover up John Mosley to protect him from an explosion, I kind of expected an explosion. Nothing uh, happened. So, you know, and I think I think Tony Khan kind of set himself up for failure. Uh, in in that regard, and uh, he certainly di- he certainly didn't help himself by um, reporting copyright strikes um, and uh, and all that kind of thing from people that shared the footage. Um, and then the other thing uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, um, you know, uh, before the before the show started for a, for a few uh, weeks going into it, you know, it, it was it was being teased that there was going to be a Hall of Fame worthy signing on the AEW side. No, I know we didn't get. We were going through all the matches first. I was going to save that for last after we did all the matches. Go on. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, you know, I, I'm. I mean, I'm fine with that, but. Um, but yeah, so the thing is, it turned out to be Christian. And look, I'm a fan of Christian. I, I've said it before on this show, um, you know, on the, on the podcast. I think Christian has been criminally underrated for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, he had to... Uh, you know, step out of the ring in uh, 2012 due to concussion-related issues. Um, so, uh, so you know, so I'm glad that he's able to come back and, and finish his career on his own terms, and and that makes me happy. And, and, and I will always be a fan of Christian because, like I said, I think he's been uh, criminally underrated for years. Um, but the way that it was being hyped up as a Hall of Fame worthy signing, uh, you know, when, when people were think were thinking names like you know CM Punk and Brock Lesnar. Now, granted, I wasn't thinking that way because I'm not stupid and I'm not a mark. Uh, you know, I I tend to think of these things very logically, but but just having said that. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have expected Christian, uh, you know, but the second that I heard Evanescence go off, I'm like, oh shit, this is, uh, this is not going to work for them in the long run. So what song uh, was that? You, you said Evanescence. What song was that? Uh, One Last Breath. Oh, okay. Because I only remember, I only ever remember, uh, uh, close your eyes or uh, something like that. His old theme, which was yeah. done by Waterproof Blonde. No, um, and um, no, because he used the same theme from Evanescence in uh, TNA back in the day. Okay, see, so, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember like the music use. I just remember. I do remember his uh, TNA run though. Yeah. Yep. Which was very good. So, anyway. That's AEW Revolution, not a good pay-per-view. I didn't like it. It gets worse from here. Because Ben is going to take us to Monday Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I I, I, I truly apologize. I apologize. I, I am desperately sorry, both to Elio and our listening audience. I have to, though. On the positive side, however, 
by me doing Raw um, tonight, it means that we don't have to do it on Saturday, and we can focus almost exclusively on some really good stuff. Um, because on Saturday, we're reviewing the first ever episode of uh, Nitro, and we are also reviewing one of the most legendary shows in the history of wrestling, uh, Bash at the Beach 96, also known as the debut of the NWO. So we have plenty um, to go over, and we, um, I think you'll enjoy the show. So let's just get the crap out of the way tonight, and uh, then we can have all kinds of fun on Saturday. Uh, so with that being said, let the, let the crap roll downhill. Oh my God. Monday Night Raw begins much the same as it did, uh, last week because here it comes. Oh, okay. No, I got to back up a little bit. So, so the first thing we see is Lashley, um, walking backstage and here comes the uh, backstage talking head to have a word with the new WWE champion. Um, he, he says that um, after years of busting his ass, he got what he deserved last week when he kicked the shit out of the Miz. Um, and, uh, and then uh, we cut to a Miz promo uh, who's where he says he stands here empty-handed because Bobby is a new, is the new champion. He fully expected to get his ass handed to him. Uh, he he expect he did not expect to lose his championship, however, um, and said that um, you know what he did was shady in in the way that he handled it, but the way that the rules were set up in a championship match, uh, the champion is supposed to be pinned or submitted to lose the title. And in the first match, before he was forced to, uh, to compete in a second one by Adam Pierce, he got himself counted out. So that should have been the end of the night because he was intelligent enough to outsmart Bobby Lashley. Um, so despite the fact that it was shady, you know, he was only using the, using the avenues available to him. Um, you know, and, and, and this, this is me talking, um, you know, all that bullshit from last week, as I stated last, um, on uh, the last episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, you know, they, they wouldn't have had to do that if they didn't put the put the money in the bank briefcase on the Miz to begin with and then forget about it because you know one it shouldn't the money in the bank briefcase shouldn't have been put on the Miz to begin with number two you're not going to be able to tell me under any set of circumstances that he didn't lose the briefcase straight up at TLC 2020. You know, yeah, they used the loophole that John Morrison cashed in the, the briefcase for him in the triple threat uh, or in, in the title match between AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. But then he participated in the ladder match, thereby making it a triple threat. So that means that the briefcase is cashed in. But no, and all of that bullshit and the fact that they didn't know what they were doing with the money in the bank uh, situation at all uh, led them to have to, you know, get, get the... Um, title onto and off of the Miz in the weirdest way possible. Um, so suffice to say, I am very happy right now that uh, Lashley is the WWE champion. And I have to, I have to tell you, 
his entrance that they debuted um, last night was fucking amazing. You know, is it, is it the same music? Well, yeah, it's the same music, but now like he has this like gold entrance, um, you know, entrance video, and there's actually like lightning in the entrance because he's like the Almighty. It, yeah, go to YouTube and take a look at this entrance from last night because it was really cool. Okay. Um. Next up, we have uh, Drew McIntyre being interviewed backstage. And uh, he brings up the Elimination Chamber and the fact that he won. But then the Miz cash in. He gives uh, Bobby Lashley his due, saying he deserves a run with the title. Uh, And as this is going on, here comes Sheamus. Uh, from behind uh, this uh, and this leads to a match between uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre which we'll get into in a minute but before before we can do that um, there's a there's a segment backstage between Braun Strowman and R-Truth for what reason I have no idea um after after our truth walks out of the picture, um, Braun is bitching about being set up by Adam Pearce and Shane McMahon, and he wants an apology. Um, out comes Shane McMahon after the commercial, and he goes, "I apologize," and then leaves the leaves the ring. And I wish that that was the last time we saw. Uh, Shane McMahon this evening, but I, as I was telling Elio in the uh, in the private messaging before the show went on the air, uh, un- unfortunately, that's not all that we saw of Shane McMahon this evening. But before we get to more lowlights, uh, let's discuss the one highlight of the evening, and that is the double knockout um, finish between Seamus and Drew McIntyre. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. This was a fucking match. Holy crap. This is the second consecutive week that Seamus and Drew McIntyre have had one hell of a match. And this is the one match that I would recommend you go back and take a look at if you haven't already seen it. Good God. You know, Say what you want to about either one of these guys, but you you can't tell me they're they're not badasses after after they got the shit kicked out of them. Um, and and there's a picture circulating on Twitter of the of both of their backs after this match, and good God, I mean, try to tell me that wrestling is fake after seeing that picture. That's all I have to say about that. Um, absolutely fantastic match, in my opinion. How many lowlights do we have? Are we going through them all? Well, no, uh, no we're not going to go through all, all of them. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to put our listeners to sleep. Yeah, because after this. I'll tell so you I'm, what. Looking, I'm looking at these matches, and then I'm like, no. Yeah, so, no, we're not going to do that uh, because let me just run you through the rest of the card and, and tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, Elio and I don't care. Match number three was Sheldon Benjamin versus Xavier Woods. Yawn. Nobody okay. gives a fuck. Okay. Slapjack versus Matt Riddle. Yawn. Nobody cares about Slapdick. Uh, match number five was Lana and Naomi versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team titles. Nia and Shayna retain. Nobody in their right mind would ever give a fuck. And then AJ Styles and Randy Orton were at the end. Once again, Alexa Bliss cast a spell 
on Randy as if she is a a new cast member in the remake of Hocus Pocus. She gets on the uh, she gets on the Titantron and goes and says whatever magic word she said, and out comes the black liquid from from Orton's mouth as we go off the air. Oh wow. You know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, outside of outside of um, Seamus versus Drew McIntyre and uh, and the Miz versus Bobby Lashley, nothing of interest happened for over two hours of this show. You know, I don't understand how. WWE as a company can can put on their flagship show every Monday night and every time I think they can't possibly suck anymore they do they, they do and I, I you know and it goes it goes back to what we, what we were talking about off the air Elio you know um the um, the segment between Braun Strowman and Sh- Shane McMahon was nauseatingly bad. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with this um, with this segment. It seemed like um, Shane McMahon just got lost right in the middle of it because the um, basically the basically the point of the promo was. Um, Shane McMahon calling uh, Braun Strowman stupid without actually saying that he was stupid. Because he was like, I would never say that you're stupid or dumb or unintelligent. Braun. So that pretty much insinuating that he is stupid and not capable of using uh, words that were beyond two syllables. Um mm-hmm. And then, and then the segment ends with uh, Shane McMahon seemingly exiting to his car. Here comes Braun. The car that that apparently has Shane in it drives away. Uh, uh, Braun leaves the area, only to find out that Shane is still standing there as as the camera cuts back to Shane and. Once again, we get we get Shane calling uh, Braun stupid, and I have to tell and I have to tell you, um, Elio, the only the only person more stupid than uh, than Shane and Braun for having suffered through this segment is me because I lost an untold number of brain cells trying to digest this asinine stupidity. <laughs> you know, oh and, and, and I'm a, I'm a pretty intelligent person, um, particularly on the street smart side of things. But um, but e- even even I may have lost one too many brain cells as a casualty to this segment. I I don't understand how this shit gets put in a script makes it past someone's eyeballs and says, yeah, this makes for really good TV. Let's put this on a three-hour show that's supposed to be the flagship of our brand that has been in existence for 50 fucking years. And and, in, in the TV air, this show has been going on since 1993. It's our most important show that's that is in our network outside of WrestleMania, and this is what you do with it? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I mean, just for just for a point of reference. So the the gentleman that was helping me install my TV earlier uh, today, he comes in my room and sees the box full of wrestling DVDs because I had to clear out my cabinet so he could he could move it to get. How many DVDs do you have? Uh, well, there's two boxes full. Oh, jeez. Are they um, like pay-per-views or are they just like uh, DVDs? A uh, little bit of both. 
What's the other little bit? Not the pay-per-view site, the other one. What's the other? Uh, mostly documentaries. Oh, okay. That's all right. Like, uh, you know, Sean versus Brett. Um, Beyond the Mat? No, I know. I don't have that. Oh, okay. You know, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I've seen that before, but I just thought it was real. It was really poorly handled, especially, especially the way that they profiled Jake the Snake Roberts. So I, I never really had a, I never really had a, uh, inkling to purchase that particular okay. documentary. But yeah, I have, a, I have a bunch of wrestling. So yeah, stuff. so the so the guy, so the guy was installing. What happened? So, you know, we, it turned out he was a wrestling fan too. And he, and he was saying that, that he um, doesn't really watch uh, main roster tele, television. And I'm like, no shit, bro. It, it's absolutely terrible. If I didn't have my podcast, I wouldn't be watching this shit because it's insufferable. And, um, he uh, he brought up Asuka as an example of the mismanagement of, of the main roster because, you know, she, uh, previous to coming up to the main roster, she was undefeated until she went uh, one-on-one with uh, Charlotte at WrestleMania, and then you never heard of the streak again. Yeah. And, and that was his example of why he couldn't watch it anymore because you know I mean how do you fuck up somebody like Asuka and and my my response is because they want to push Charlotte Flair and he was like well that's exactly why and that's exactly why I can't watch it anymore because people like Asuka get buried on a on a weekly basis wow so okay. we, we we had we had a nice little commiseration session, but it was very it was very interesting that even the even the the TV guy from Best Buy was like, yeah, wrestling sucks, you know, because because we were both fans, but it just goes to show you it's kind of the same thing we talk about on a weekly basis. You know, we we don't want to come on here and talk shit about the product. We we love this shit. We go way back with it. But at the end of the at the end of the day, you got to call a spade a spade. And if something sucks, it sucks. Yep. Um, unfortunately, uh, this week, both companies produce shows that absolutely suck. And if you if you're AEW. You you better come out swinging for double or no, double or nothing in May because you know we're used to WWE sucking sucking eggs on a weekly basis, but you know you only have four pay per views and and um, I'll tell you what your first one of the year wasn't too hot, so you better come back swinging really really hard uh, by the time. Double or nothing rolls around because, you know, say what you want, but I think Revolution was a swing and a miss. All right. So, um, before we, uh, I guess uh, we we see we close out the show for for this uh, until Saturday. Well, yeah, but didn't you want to do? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, be, before that, before we cool. do that. I have a couple of questions for my uh, student here. Oh, God. Ben, how well do you know Bill Goldberg? First off, fuck Bill Goldberg. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I I mean, (laughs) fuck Bill Goldberg in, in, in the space of professional wrestling. Okay. Outside of that, I don't know. Apparently, he did some very nice stuff for the people of San Antonio after they uh, were struck by that winter weather. So, as a person, I don't know, but in the sphere of professional wrestling and getting title shots in 2021 when you're over the age of 50, yep. fuck off. All right. Please fuck off. Well, let's see how well you know Mr. Goldberg in as far as wrestling. 
All right, question number one. Who was Bill Goldberg's first pay-per-view opponent in WWE? Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Undertaker, or The Rock? I believe it was uh, Randy Orton. The Rock. Oh, Bill. Backlash 2003. Wow. That, that was his first one. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Uh, that was one that used um, Evanescence Bringing to Life for the theme, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Bill Goldberg versus The Rock. Yep. All right. Goldberg has won all of the following except which title? WWE Championship, Universal, World Heavyweight Championship, or United States Championship? U- U.S. Championship. He won the WCW version of it, but not the WWE version. You know, uh, actually, the correct answer is WWE Championship is the, is the only one he, he never won, which uh, I find that hard to believe. I think that's no, wrong, no, isn't it? I, I, I don't think that's right. The, I, I'm I'm almost 100% positive he never won the WWE US title ever. Because he was on Raw the whole time. And while he was on Raw... On the fly research, because this is going to bother me now. WWE does... I bet WWE doesn't even know their own shit. Well... Goes to show you that we know wrestling better than they fucking do. I'm going to look up Bill Goldberg. Okay, let's look this up here. Football professional wrestling career. Okay, I'm scrolling all the way down to the bottom where he has his championship stuff. All right, let's... Here we go. Okay, championships and accomplishments. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, comeback of the year 2016, inspirational wrestler. Uh, okay, uh, okay, WCW, World Heavyweight Championship two times. WCW United States Championship two times. WCW Tag Team with Bret Hart uh, one time and fifth WCW Triple Crown Champion. In the WWE he won a Universal Championship twice and a World Heavyweight Championship once. Wow. Um, so, I'm still right because it doesn't say WWE US title. Wow. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, all right, moving on. I'm not getting myself a headache over Goldberg. <laughs> Which NFL team drafted Goldberg? The Falcons, the Broncos, the Rams, or the Dolphins? The Falcons. Rams. Oh, crap. I know he, he played for the Falcons. Okay, Goldberg has never faced which of these wrestlers? Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Correct. He defeated who to win his first? Who did he defeat to win his first title in WWE? Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Batista, or Ric Flair? I think it was Triple H. Correct. And he has fought in all of the following except which match? Steel Cage, Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, or Lumberjack? Uh, Lumberjack. Hell in a Cell. Oh, Bill. And yeah. okay, who was the second man to defeat Goldberg one on one in WCW? Scott Hall, Bret Hart, Kevin Nash, or Bam Bam Bigelow? Oh, God. Um, well, it wouldn't have been Kevin Nash because he was the guy that ended this, the. Thing. So I, I would have to say Scott Hall. Bret Hart. Boom! See, but usually I'm usually I'm getting more pissed off, but I really don't give a shit about Bill Goldberg, so I'm not really that. Well, well, wait, this is the last question. <laughs> 
Okay, Goldberg has never teamed with the who of the following has Goldberg never teamed with? Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Kane, or Hulk Hogan? Shawn Michaels? Kane. Oh, you, oh. who gives a fuck? <laughs> oh, you know what? That was a stupid trivia. You know, WB, sometimes they put out some good trivia questions. This one was just stupid. This was along the Braun Strowman line. Oh, stupid. Uh, well, I guess it's a theme this week because, oh my God. That, I, I swear to God, that particular segment was just absolutely ridiculous. All right, so Ben, we should bring the show to a close for the night. Uh, yeah, let's do that, shall we? All right, so fans, that's our result show, the, the condensed edition of the PNC British Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back on Saturday with AEW, SmackDown, NXT, and Ben's homework assignments, Nitro, and Bash of the Beach 96. So until then, Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, and I promise come Saturday we'll be much more enthusiastic. We had to suffer through Revolution and Raw, and you know it was a it, it was a rough couple of days for you boys. But we will be back in full strength come Saturday. So until then, I'm Ben. He's Elio, and this is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. See you later. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over